Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I wanted to start off this sermon with a slight warning, because some of this sermon is going to be painful. So my question is, should we get the pain out of the way at the front or at the back? We, we, should, we just, <laughs> should we just rip the Band-Aid off and go for it? We're going to just rip off that Band-Aid and go for it. God gave me, he gave me a brand new word, a fresh word, not, not just, not, not only a fresh message for you today. He gave me a fresh message for you, but he, he gave me literally a brand new word that I think I like it so much. We need to, we need to figure out how to contact like the, the people who make dictionary words up and put them in the dictionary. And we need to tell them to add this word. Okay. The word is, maybe you've never heard it. The word is generous. Have you ever heard of that? Anybody ever heard that word? I, I, I want, of course I did. I didn't say gen, generous. I said generous ish. There's a big difference between generous and gener ish. Gener ish. Look at somebody and tell them you better not be gener ish. Come on. You better not be gener ish. And God, and God told me to tell you that some of you, not all of you, some of you, probably nobody in this service, this is for the, t- the 1230 service, but God told me to tell you that some of you have never actually been Jenner us a day in your life, but you've been Jenner ish. You're, you're Jenner ish. Jenner, Jenner ish. It's kind of like generous is like, I sort of kind of give, you know, generous. I, I, I sort of kind of give, I'm not generous, but Jenner ish. Look at somebody else and tell them you better not be generous. Come on. Tell them we're going to drive the point home. Let me give you some examples of Jenner-ish. Jenner-ish is I'm going to give all my old stuff away to the thrift store because I'm never going to wear it again anyway. Aren't I generous? Jenner-ish is giving your leftovers. It's giving your scraps. It's giving out of, out of your leftovers and, and and not really what's important in your life. Jenner-ish is re-gifting <laughs> a gift, a, a, a gift card. You weren't, tell somebody, you weren't going to use it anyway. Come on, be honest. You weren't going to use it anyway. And, 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 and generous is like, My favorite candy is Starburst. Y'all like Starburst? This, this one, it says share size. Share size. That means you're supposed to share it. That means the powers that be at the Starburst Incorporation have decided to package 
candy in a larger amount so that you and I could share it. You and I can share it. And, and Jenner-ish would be like, I've got this package of Starburst. And because I'm, I'm Jenner-ish, I'm going to share. So who wants a Starburst? Anybody want a Starburst? Because I'm about to chuck some Starbursts around this room right now. Who wa- Oh, we got a loose one. We got a loose one. Who wants a Starburst? You want a Starburst? Okay, here you go. You want one? No. You want one? Okay, 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 okay. Who else wants one? I'm just kidding. Here you go. Who else wants a Starburst? Second row. Let's go. Oh, okay. All right. Let's go. You got your hand raised up. Man, look at you. must be living right, brother. You must be living right. Come on. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. There we go. I give away some Starbucks because I'm, I'm generous. Huh? No one likes yellow. Oh, oh, now we're getting somewhere, right? See, I'm Jenner-ish because I kept the red ones and the pink ones because these are my favorite. And I wasn't going to eat the yellow and the orange ones anyway. And that's the way we live our lives. We convince ourselves that we're generous but we're Jenner-ish. We're Jenner-ish. Look at somebody and tell them, you better not be Jenner-ish. Come on, you better not be Jenner-ish. And tell them this, tell them this. If you're Jenner-ish with others, tell them, if you're Jenner-ish with others, God is going to be Jenner-ish with you. God is going to be Jenner-ish with you. Today, I want to talk to you about moving in your life from Jenner-ish to Jenner-us. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Speak to us, change us, challenge us. God, let us become generous like you. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Amen. Let's give our worship team a round of applause. They're always crushing it. And I don't know if you know, but Miss Amelia is expecting a baby and is pregnant. So she's in full-blown puke mode today, so she's not here. We were like, just get up there and sing anyway. Take a bucket or a hat, something with you. Generous means that I give sacrificially. Somebody say sacrifice. I give sacrificially. Uh, Generous, generous means I give until it hurts. That's what sacrifice is. It costs something. Generous means that I'm going to go out of my way for you. Generous is giving away your best. Generous is giving away the red ones and the pink ones. I'm going to give the red ones and the pink ones away. Who wants a red one and who wants a pink one? Okay, over here, the first hand I saw right there. Don't try to steal in church if I'm trying to hit somebody just because I can throw well, but they can't catch. Don't steal their blessing. Okay, this one, I'm going yard on this one. This one, the old high school quarterback's coming out. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Here we go. Who got it? Do you catch it? I hit you in the eye. That's great. 
That's great. I got you. Good thing you got another eye. Generous is giving away the pink ones and the red ones. Look at somebody and tell them you need to give away the pink ones and the red ones. You need to give away the pink ones and the red ones. Generosity, generosity, real generosity is giving away your only one. Kind of reminds me of a verse in the Bible in John 3, 16, where it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's generosity. I'm going to give away my only one. I'm going to give away the only one I've got. This one, it's important to me. I love this one. This one matters to me. And I'm going to go ahead and give it away. Do you know we cannot talk about Christmas without talking about generosity? Christmas and the idea of the birth of our Savior, the birth of our newborn King, is literally about the generosity and the love of God that he gave away his only son as a sacrifice for you and for me. And that's what we're celebrating this Christmas, is it not? It is Jesus. This Christmas is about Jesus. It's not about anything else. It's about Jesus. Even on the first Christmas, the very first one, after our Savior was born, the Bible says that wise men traveled and journeyed along to find the newborn king. I want to read this in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. Listen, listen, listen. And they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is what Christmas is about. The first gift exchange, the first gifts given. They weren't afterthoughts. They weren't like, ah, we don't need this. They brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts of value, gifts of importance, gifts that were thought through. They traveled, they journeyed, they followed the star. They find the newborn king and they fall to their knees and they worship him. They fall to their knees and they worship him. Generosity, the position of the heart is about laying it all down for him, laying everything down for him. Today, I want to give you four thoughts about generosity from the Bible. And I want you to write these down because thought number one is that generosity begins with the eyes, with the eyes. It starts with your ability to see. It starts with your ability to notice. Listen, the ability to notice. It starts with the eyes. Proverbs chapter 29 verse, uh, uh, 22 verse 9. It says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. Okay, let's read that verse out loud together. Ready? Here we go. He who has a generous eye will be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. The King James translation of this same scripture says, he who has a bountiful eye. I like that word, bountiful eye. Do you have a bountiful 
eye. Generosity starts with the eyes, the ability to see. Listen, you cannot be generous if you cannot see it. If you cannot see it, you cannot be it. It starts with the ability to notice. My eyes are active. Listen, active, active, active eyes. I'm actively looking for ways to be generous. I'm not waiting for you to bring something to me to say, PT, could you help with this situation? Although that happens. But I am actively noticing. That's how I want to live my life, don't you? I want to actively notice. Have you ever heard the saying, see a need, fill a need? That starts with seeing. I see the need. I see it. I, I, I sense it. I feel it. I'm paying attention. I notice that there is an opportunity. Somebody say opportunity. Opportunity to be generous. So it starts with the eyes. And if you have generous eyes, this is crazy. He says, you will be blessed. If you have a generous eye, you will be blessed. Why? Why? Why would you be blessed if you have a generous eye? Because God knows because of your generous heart, your generous eyes, that he, listen, he can trust you with his blessing. So here's my question. Can God trust you? Can God trust you? Can he trust you with blessing? Can he trust you with favor? Can he trust you with money? Can he trust you with influence? Generosity. If you can't see it, you can't be it. I see a need and fill it. I find a hurt and heal it. That's what generosity does. Gener, osh, gener, ish, gener, ishity. <laughs> does the opposite, right? It does the opposite. Like generosity, it doesn't see or it chooses not to see or it overlooks. Generosity looks for ways not to give. Generosity looks for ways to give. Generosity looks for ways to not give or to not give as much. Listen, hear me. Generous, it's looking for ways to keep or at least keep some of it. Generosity is looking ways to give away all of it. I don't know if you heard this story. It's a crazy story, especially for the month of December. But it's in the book of Acts chapter 5. And there's this married couple named Ananias and Sapphira. Isn't that a great Bible couple right there? Ananias and Sapphira. Fire. And Ananias and Sapphira were part of the early church in the book of Acts. And the early church was wild because the early church, they were like bringing all their possessions and all their money and they were giving them to the church. And then the church would distribute to everybody so that everybody and all of their needs were filled. Well, here's where the story gets crazy. In Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 4, there's a dude named Barnabas. Somebody say Barney. Barney. We're going to call him Barney. Barney, Barney, 
he sold some property and gave it to the church. The Bible says he came and he laid it at the apostles' feet. He, Barney was generous, baby. Barney, baby, was generous. You know how generous Barney was? Thank you. How generous. I appreciate it. Got one guy in here that's with me. I'm preaching to you for the next 20 minutes. Forget everybody else, man. Forget everybody else. Do you know how generous Barnabas was? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. All right. You're back with me again. Barnabas was so generous that his generosity made it into the Holy Bible. Tell me that would not be more dope than the Pope. I mean, that is fire right there. I'm so generous that it made it into the Bible. Then in chapter five, the the next chapter, next chapter, it says that Ananias and Sapphira had a piece of property and they sold it and they brought their money to the temple. <laughs> and so this is what I want to read to you. Acts 5.2. Ananias with his wife's full knowledge. You know, that's really messed up. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back. Somebody say kept back, kept back kept back part of the money for himself, but he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? This is so good. I love this part. And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? In other words, you could do whatever you wanted with it anyway. What made you think of doing such a thing? Have you ever had somebody say, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? You have lied Not just to human beings, but to God. Here's my favorite part. Verse 5, when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what was happening. And it would. Like if we were there. And your homie showed up and brought some offering. And then Pastor Travis was like, yo, man, is that all of it? Yeah. You cannot tell me that is not crazy. You know, what's crazier is that three hours later, his wife comes in. (laughs) Sapphira. Was this all the money? Yeah, boom, fell down and died and drug her out and buried her by her husband. Is this not good Christmas type material or what? (laughs) Tell me that's not crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. 
Let's put it into 2023. If that was 2023 today, this place would be a cemetery, not a church. (laughs) Woo! There, the band-aid has been ripped off. And I've thought so many times about this scripture because it's wild. It's like, dude, they died. I mean, not like, buddy, we know you're not telling the truth and let's have a no. Boom. Boom. And everybody's filled with fear. Yeah. We'd be like, oh my dude, I'm, I sold my sandals. I'm giving it all to the Lord just in case. Just in case, man. (laughs) This is wild. I started thinking about it. Why did they die? What's the point of the extremeness of this story? Well, there's really three things. And the first is they lied. That's a big deal. Lying is one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not (laughs) lie. But not only did they lie to humans, they lied to God. I got news for you. You can lie to yourself. You can lie to another human being, but you can't actually lie to God because he knows, he knows the truth and he sees what's really going on. So you can convince yourself and maybe even others that you're generous, but you can't fool God. Another reason is that they were just selfish. They were just selfish. They were selfish in their nature. It says they wanted to keep part of it back. They kept back part of the money for themselves. This is a lot. Listen, this is a lot of people in the modern day church today. I keep back some of it. Some of y'all, I got a nickname for you, 5-2. You're Acts 5-2 believers. You love God and you give to God, but you keep back some of it. You keep back some of it. It's quiet in here because I'm preaching truth. Now I'm stepping on toes. This feels so good for me right now because you're, a, you, you're keeping back part of it. You're keeping back part of it. Five, two. Keeping back. God, I love you, but I'm going to keep some things. I want to look at some things I want to look at. I'm going to keep that part. I want to listen to some things I want to listen to. I want to watch some things that I want to watch. I want to be in a relationship. They don't love God. It's not pleasing to you, but I want to keep that for myself. You feeling me? We, we, we are Acts 5, two believers. We, we love you, God, and we're generous, God. We just haven't learned to be generous, God. So I hold back. I keep parts of my life and parts of my life style. And then the, 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 the third thing, letter C, is that Ananias and Sapphira gave for the wrong reasons. This leads me to number two, if you'll write this down. Number two, you can be a giver, but not be generous. You can be a giver. Listen, this is important, 
but not be generous. Ananias and Sapphira, they gave after all. Did they not? They gave. They gave. But they gave for the wrong reasons, with the wrong heart, and with the wrong motives. They gave with the wrong reasons, the wrong heart, and the wrong motives. And I think I have noticed that is the world that we live in today is that oftentimes we give, but it's for the wrong reasons. In other words, a lot of people give to get. And they don't just give money to hopefully get money. If I give something, hopefully down the road, this will pay off and give me something. If I extend some of the blessing on my life, if I extend the favor that I have, if I do something for this person, I'm hoping that the seeds that I've sown, the deposits that I've made pay off dividends eventually in my own life. That's not generosity. That's called manipulation. That's called manipulation. And you can manipulate by giving money. Because that's how sad this world is. You can, a company can be manipulated by money. Advertisers can be manipulated by money. The United States government can be manipulated by money. World powers can be manipulated by money. Yeah, I'll do this for you, but this is what I want. That is not godly generosity. That is man and manipulation. When I give to get, oh, if I give to God, I'm going to get this in return. Because we read all these scriptures. We read Luke and it says, give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over and pouring into your lap. I better give so I can get. We read Malachi chapter three and it says, bring your whole tithe. Doesn't say bring part of your tithe. By the way, tithe means 10%. Somebody say 10%, 10%. Look at somebody and tell them 10%. Look at somebody and say, not four. Look at somebody else, not three. And look at someone, one more person, not nine and a half. A tithe, the word tithe literally translates to 10th part, right? But we, we give to God every now and then and we pat ourselves on the back and go, I, I tithe. You didn't tithe. Tithe, a tithe would be 10% of everything God allowed you to make. He says to bring it to my storehouse. That's the church, the place of worship. And then he says, listen, he says, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on your life that you won't have enough room for it. Listen, this is so important. Even though that is true and a fact, that is not why. The heart of worship and the heart of generosity toward God is that I give to God because I love God, not because I need God to do something for me or that I'm hoping that he does something for me. If that's the case, then you're trying to manipulate God. He sees the heart. He sees the heart. 
So generosity, it, it starts with the eyes, but also understand you can be a giver, even a big, big, big giver or donor and still not be generous. Ananias and Sapphira gave. They did it because in chapter four, Barnabas is getting all this love and respect. Look what Barney baby did. And I want to be revered in the same image. I want people to call me generous. I want people to see me the same way they see Barnabas. The difference is the heart. And God sees the heart. Jesus talked about this specifically in Matthew chapter six. Maybe you remember this. Jesus said, so when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received the reward in, in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in what? Secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. That's not why we do it. But when we do it with the right heart and the right motives, God's spiritual law is that he blesses it. It can't be helped. It's a spiritual law of the universe. It's a spiritual law. Don't be like the hypocrites. Look what I gave. I don't need to give to have a plaque made in my name to have a trophy, to have an award, to have my name put on a building, to have my name put on a football field, to have my name put in a gymnasium. But a lot of people do because that's what motivates them to give. What motivates you? What motivates you? You can give, but still not be generous. You give to get, you give to be seen, you give to be seen in a certain way. It's image, it's self-importance, which by the way is pride. It could be trying to win somebody's favor, but I'm doing it because I hope that it pays me back. You can give and be a giver who gives reluctantly or even grudgingly. The, the, the purest form of generosity is when you give without expecting anything. I don't expect it. I'm giving because I love for God. So loved the world that he gave. You cannot detach give from love because if you really, really, really love something or someone, your money goes to them. You know, Billy Graham, Billy Graham was quoted saying that your, your, your bank statement is actually a theological statement. You can look back through your bank statement over the last 12 months and go, how much of everything that came in did I give to building God's kingdom? It's a theological statement. It shows you your faith level. It shows you your trust level. It shows you, God, I love you. Right? The scriptures that teach us tithing 
The reason, there's a a scripture that says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to put God first in your life. There's a scripture, the tithe is holy, right? The, The concept is God, you're number one. The concept is not once, it's ongoing to prove to God and myself that God is number one again and again and again. So generosity, it gives willingly, happily, without strings attached, not to be seen, not for status, for the right reasons. For the right reasons. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, says whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows, what's it say? Bountifully, there's that word again, will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves what? A cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver because it's about the heart. It's about the heart. Number three, write this down. The purest form of generosity is when it's actually sacrificial. It's sacrificial. Have you, I have a question. Have you ever given so much that it hurt? Have you ever given so much that it cost you? It, it might have cost you everything. This is what I'm saying. There's a lot of generous people and not a lot of generous people. Generous is, um, I'm going to be sacrificial. I'm going to give my, my life away. Sacrificial. This hurts. This, this hurts. I'm going to feel, <laughs> I'm going to feel this. That's when you know you're giving the right way. Because I do it anyway. I love the story of the wise men because the wise men, it's sacrificial. They walk out of their way. They're on this journey. They're following the star. They finally found the newborn king. They fall to their knees. They worship him and they open their treasures. They open the treasure. They open their treasures and gave valuable, significant gifts. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Have you ever heard the story of Jesus when he was watching people give at the temple? There's this great story. You're going to love this if you haven't heard it. In Luke chapter 21, it says that Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor widow putting two mites. So Jesus said, he's, you know, sitting with his disciples. He said, truly, I say to you disciples that this poor, this poor widow has put more More than all she's put. Hey, this widow who gave two mites, two pennies, two cents, put more in the offering than the rich people. Then she gave more than the rich people. Truly, I say to you, she's put more in than all for all of these. The rich people, they gave out of their abundance But she gave out of her poverty, put all the livelihood that she had. Would you do that? 
Because I think a lot of people say, I'd do that, but you wouldn't do that. Most people are like, I would do that. You wouldn't do that. I said, God, give me a widow's heart. God, give me the poor widow's heart. God, never let me be that rich heart. God, give me the poor widow's heart. God, that I will give you everything, that I will give everything, no matter what it costs. God, let me have the heart of the poor widow. When I was a young man, you know, 18, 17 years old, I I, I was going to go to Bible school. I went to Bible school. I needed to pay for it. I didn't have any money. We we were, we were poor. Me and mama, mama raised me putting food on the table, waitressing most of my whole childhood life. And, And we just didn't, we didn't have money from college, Bible school, anything like that. I had, I had this, this car. It was a hoopty, a hoop de bill. Y'all know anybody ever had a hoop deville? Some of y'all like I got one right now, PT, a hoop deville. I got this hoop deville and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sell it to put towards my Bible school. I sold my car. Listen, a boy in his teens loves him a car, but that's how much I wanted to learn the Bible. I wanted it that much. See, generosity, it's truly sacrificial. It's truly sacrificial. Oh God, give me a widow's heart. The widow put more than all. See, generous people understand this. Generous people understand this. Generous people understand that they don't serve money. They serve God. They serve God. A lot of people serve money and use God. Instead of serve God, use money. Money is a tool. Imagine all the great things that we could collectively do for the kingdom of God if we did what God has called us to do. And I have discovered in my own experience in life with Christians, there are two types of Christians. There are givers and there are takers. There are takers. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep. Oh, I got paid. I'm going to, I'm going to give to God. I'm going to be generous-ish. I I got paid a million bucks. I mean, I threw five grand in the offering. I told you, I told you it was going to be painful. Some of you looking at me like I'm crazy. You got that part right. I am crazy, but I'm trying to get you to. I'm trying to get you to understand the substance and the essence of generosity, of obedience, of commitment, of faithfulness, of sacrifice, of of what really matters in your life. What matters? What's really important? What's some of y'all, you you buy two, three, four expensive coffees every day. Some of y'all give more to coffee than you do to God. So you get, oh, I got a car payment. I can't, well, that's not my fault. That's not God's fault. Right? I, oh, PT, man, I make a lot of money. 10% is a lot of, well, you, if you knew what I made, bruh, sis, 
10% is 10% for all of us. Does the person that makes, there's a person that, there's the person that makes $5 million and God says tithe 500,000, but they tithe, they didn't tithe because tithe means 10, but they gave 250,000. But then there's the person that made 50 grand, but gives 10,000 who gave more. Cause it's about the heart. It's about the heart. One of the coolest stories. Do you know this church started as a Bible study for the Arizona Cardinals? Most everybody knows that started as a Bible study for the Arizona Cardinals. Now look at this. (laughs) You're, you're a part of the Arizona Cardinals Bible study. We're glad to have you. Welcome to our Bible study today. You know, when Andre Wadsworth played for the Cardinals, he got an $11 million signing bonus. He cut a check to God, to the church for 1.1 million. I shouldn't be telling you that because the Bible says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand gives. So he didn't let you know. I let you know. Is it God's word or is it not God's word? Are we here to serve God or are we here to self-serve? Two kinds of people. You're a taker, you're a keeper. You know what I notice about keepers? They're just looking for ways to keep. How can I keep a little bit of this? How can I shave off a little bit of that? How can I still look like I'm getting by? How can I still look like I'm doing what God wants me to do? How can I, I'll, I'll start a foundation. <laughs> there are two kinds of people. Takers, givers, you're one or the other. You're either giving and generous with your time, with your money, with your efforts, with your energy, or with your life, or you're a taker. You, you might be like life's, life's leech. And I have discovered that the happiest, most fulfilled people in life are the givers. They're not the takers. They're the generous. They're not the generous. The most miserable people. Do you know miserable people? Miserable people are miserable because life is all about them. <laughs> In fact, the root word of miserable is miser. Y'all might have to look that one up. You might be miserable because you're a miser, a miser. I hold it in. I keep it. I, I stockpile. I hoard. This is mine. Mine, 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 mine. These pink ones and these red ones, they're mine. But I'll give you the orange and the yellow ones. But if you want God's favor... You have to live generously. God blesses the generous. God blesses the obedient. Look at somebody and tell them, God blesses the obedient. God blesses the obedient. Listen, your generosity or lack of it, it reveals some things about you. It reveals your love for God. It reveals your love for people, your generosity. It reveals what you expect God to do in your life, your generosity. It shows your faith and it grows. Somebody came to church, was not expecting this message today. A generous spirit understands Let's try to land this plane. Number four. A generous spirit understands 
that everything is God's and comes from God. Yeah, it is. You can clap for that. I had, uh, I don't know, five or six weeks ago, coming into November with my staff. And, uh, and I said, hey, I want us to do a 10-day journal. 10 days. Or maybe I said seven days. Seven days, 10 things a day that you're thankful for. And then I told you guys on a Sunday that we were doing that and invited you guys to do the same thing. 10 things today that I'm thankful for. Tomorrow, another 10. The next day, another 10. The next day, another 10. After seven days, you're going to have 70 things that you have listed and defined that you're thankful for. You know, it gets hard after the first few. I mean, unless you're going to list a person by name. I didn't do that. I just said my family, my extended family. Because otherwise I could list like 70 family members. You want to know what's crazy? I found myself digging into things that I'm so thankful for that I really wouldn't have even thought about. I'll give you an example. I I just mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. I'm thankful for the Cardinals, but I'm not thankful for the Cardinals the way most people are thankful for the Cardinals. I'm thankful for the Cardinals because God brought Pastor Andre Wadsworth and I together. And who would have known that that partnership, that our Bible study called Impact Pro Athletes, And we would make the church's name Impact Church because of our Bible study, Impact Pro Athletes, would become what it is today. I said this two Sundays ago. I said, I said this two Sundays ago. I said, I said, of all the great things that have come out and from the Arizona Cardinals, I'm pretty sure this is the best thing that ever came out of the Arizona Cardinals. It's interesting when you think about that everything is God's and everything comes from God's because when you realize that it's all God's, it doesn't make you an owner, it makes you a steward. It doesn't make you an owner, it makes you a manager. God wants us to steward what he allows us to steward, to possess for the short time that we're on earth. And he wants us to be good stewards, to be faithful, well done, faithful servants. Everything's God's. I got news for y'all. Everything in your bank account, in your possession, your houses, your cars, everything. When you die, it's still going to stay right here. It's not going with you. It's, it's God's before you were here. God allowed somebody else to steward it. When you're gone, God's going to allow somebody else to steward it. He owns it. He owns it. He made it. He created it. You, me, the earth, the land, the seas, the galaxies, every plant, every rock, every silver and piece of gold on this earth. It's all his. Even the Bitcoin is all his. You and I just get to manage it. So here's my question. Are you a good manager? 
you know, I have people that work for me and yes, it's a church and yes, I'm a Christian. And yes, I'm a pastor. And yes, I'm supposed to be as loving as possible. But if they're not good managers, they don't stay working for me. Are you a good manager? What kind of, to whom much is given, much is required. Y'all been given much, much, much. In fact, you've been given so much. I want, I want to read this scripture to you. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 19, it says, teach those who are rich. Look at somebody and tell them he's talking to you right now. Look, he's talking to you. Tell somebody he's talking to you right now. Teach those... I'm teach, I am taking a moment and I'm teaching those who are rich. All y'all. I'm teaching those who are rich. Teach those who are rich in this world not to use their money or, or, or to use their money to do good. I'm sorry. To use their money to do good. They should be rich in what? Good works. Reading the Bible. And generous to those in need. Always being ready to, to share, to share, to share. This one, share size. To share, to share. Always be ready to share. I don't know. Do you share? Think of the last time you shared. That's a pretty quick answer. I'm not very, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, yeah. I think we could become better sharers. Teach them to share. Ready to share, as a matter of fact. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Be ready to share. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future that they may experience true, true life. True life. True living comes from giving. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Huh. It's kind of something to that. You're rich. I don't know. I got news for you. Some of you looking around like, no, I know they're rich over there, but I ain't rich. I know she rich. I ain't rich. I know he rich. No, everybody in here is rich. Everybody, everybody. If you want to talk about finances, everybody, half the world's population, one half of the entire world humans just like you and me that have thoughts, minds, emotions, babies. One half lives on less than $2 a day. $2. Two bucks. To, now you see what I'm saying? You're rich. You're rich. I'm rich. To whom much is given, much is Required. If you've never gone on a missions trip with us, we go all the time. We go to Nicaragua. We've gone to Haiti. We go to Africa, Rwanda, Zimbabwe. You want to know what the world looks like out there? Join us. We build, we build houses for families in Nicaragua. They're 10 foot by 10 foot. A concrete slab and some metal sides and a metal top. That's it. They go crazy, crying, celebrating, dancing. People carve impacto on their, on their concrete floors because they're so thankful. It's 10 by 10. It's a concrete floor. That's smaller than a child's bedroom. Mamas, five, families of five, six, seven, eight. We've done it. We've built hundreds of homes. We're still going to. We're not going to stop. 
The only way we can stop, the only way we stop and slow down is we stop being generous. We stop being generous. Imagine, imagine. What could you do? What could you do if you gave $100,000 for houses in Nicaragua? What could you do if you gave a million dollars for the, for the cause of Jesus Christ? You ever drive around and notice billboards everywhere? Drives me crazy. Because I wish, I wish Impact Church owned every billboard in Arizona. I really do. You know, billboards are expensive. <laughs> if you're in the billboard business, hit me up, man. DM me. I want some billboards. I just don't want to pay for them. I think that's a great ministry for somebody else to do. Don't you think we got something that the world needs? Let's give them what they need. Let's give them what they need. Let's, let's give them what they need. If you made $50,000 last year, if you made 50, 50, $50,000, you're in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. Top 1%, 50,000 bucks. To whom much is given, much is required. God wants you to be faithful. He wants you to be faithful. I want to close with this scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse one. It says, therefore, I urge you. This is urgent. This is urgent. I'm urging you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a what? living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray together. Listen, I know that there's some people here today that you've never offered your body as a living sacrifice. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, I want to invite you right now to just pray from your own heart, pray from your own lips, from your own mouth, and, and tell God, tell, tell Jesus today, I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the price and laying your life down as a sacrifice for mine. God, teach me to live for you. Teach me to live for you. God, to give it all for you. Teach me to understand the importance of generosity. The under, understand the importance of, uh, of being able to see with my eyes, to be a noticer. God, give me, give me the courage, the strength to live a life of sacrifice, sacrificial. God, we thank you for this great day. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your blessing and your favor. God, we pray this in Jesus mighty name, impact church. We all say amen. Amen. Come on. Let's give Jesus some love this morning. Impact church. I love you guys. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next weekend. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.